What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G Show, which you can find at SleevyGPodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevy G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of the show. This is Playlist Wars. Welcome to Playlist Wars. I'm the part of the dynamic duo. I'm your co-host, Gomez. I have my partner in crime, Brian Colburn. And we have a special guest today. That's right. He came in third place in the Metallica list. It's drummer Jay. Welcome to the show, guys, again. Thank you for being on. What's up? What's up? Third place? Nice. Hey, top three of three, man. That's how I looked at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Brian kind of squeaked me out probably on first place on the Metallica, I think. Uh, he, He greased a little couple people on twitter and instagram doesn't vote for him on that one yeah my my venmo's been completely wiped out what can i say (laughs) (laughs) hey we didn't put that in the rules so i got nothing so uh guys welcome back again and we're gonna have some fun tonight we're gonna be talking about one show that brian has been waiting for oh yeah this is one for the books for me i've been very excited to talk about the cars so brian we do have rules for this show don't we we certainly do Gomez, Jay, and I have each created a 10-song playlist for the cars, and we're going to go through it, track one through track 10, and we are going to leave it up to the listeners to decide which one of the three of us got it right. So before we get started, Jay, why don't you tell everybody why you're excited to talk about the cars tonight? Yeah, I mean, basically, this was the first band that I was ever into. You know, I remember back in, you know, I'm aging myself here, but we're talking like, you know, mid eighties. This was the the second cassette, actually the first cassette I ever bought on my own with my own money. Loved Rick Ocasek. You know, this is when they were starting to get some rotation on MTV. And, uh, you know, I just really got into them at that point. Here's a fun fact for you though. I didn't know this until the rock and roll hall of fame induction. And I'm about to blow your mind. His name is actually pronounced Okasik. Seriously? I didn't know that. Yeah. On the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, he said 99% of people call him Okasik, but it's Okasik. I thought it was Okasik. Yeah, there you go. See, bomb drop right in the beginning. Wow. All right, I'm done. That's it. (laughs) I'm only kidding. (laughs) As the show will continue, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for listening. Well, on that note, we should get the show rolling here. Jay, what is your track one on this one, buddy? So this is a, you know, you hear that game Desert Island, right? Where, you know, if you had to be stuck on a, an island, what are the top five books? What are the top five songs? I'm into all kinds of genres of music. You know, I love heavy metal. I love classical. I love jazz. I love rock. So, you know, there's a pretty big pool of songs to pull from. But, um, you know, this song is one of those top five that I pull with me. And it's uh, just what I needed. Yeah, I think it's a great, you know, album opener here and um, so much that's good about it. You know, I think it's it's the great groove. I've been in playing in bands most of my life and there's been multiple bands that I've played in that have actually made sure to cover the song during that time. So it's a special place in my heart. Is that all you needed? Oh, <laughs> that's all I needed. I know it's a really bad dad <laughs> joke. Exactly. Sorry. You should be really good song. I uh, did not make my list, though. Um, I had other ones that made my list. But it was a great song. I did enjoy it, though, very much. 
It's a good thing you're not on an island with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd have extra songs to go around. Right. Yeah, true. True. This song actually didn't make my list either, but I was telling Jay offline before we started, the car self-titled album is my favorite album of all time. So I could have legitimately just come in here and just listed the car self-titled album. And believe it or not, that could be a playlist. It could be a greatest hits list. That album does not have a bad song on it. Every song is a classic. The whole second side is just a masterpiece. And there's hits all over the first side. And even the songs that were never released as singles are all fantastic tunes that still get classic rock airplay to this day. So there's no song on self-titled that I would ever say shouldn't belong on a list, but I had to create a list that kind of filled the full spectrum of what I like about the cars. So this was one of the unfortunate ones that didn't make the cut. Well, I'm in third place. You should listen to me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, Gomez, why don't you do your track one? Well, my track one uh, was actually uh, the Misfit Kids. And uh, it was one of those songs that just kind of reminds me like having fun, being that American kid, getting in trouble, kind of hanging out, doing what American kids would do, uh, especially getting in trouble part or driving really fast, you know, whatever you want to do. But if you had to think of like an 80s flick, it felt like it had like a vibe for like the Breakfast Club soundtrack. It, it just fit in with that brat pack idea. Anything off of Panorama, that's one of the albums that I think caught a lot of people by surprise because that's kind of an album that was the car's way of kind of saying we're not just the self-titled Candio band. We have a lot more in our system. And this is definitely their most eclectic album. This song didn't make my list, but I do have some representation of Panorama on my list. Uh, Fantastic song. Should have been a single, but Panorama didn't really have a lot from the singles because the album really didn't resonate well with with listeners. I think over time, the album has become much more reveled than some of their other stuff. But yeah, just one of those songs that kind of fell through the cracks, so to speak. Well, someone has to fall through the crack. It might be me on this one. (laughs) He said crack. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's funny because I don't have a single song from Panorama. On my list. Really? Wow. I have five of their albums. Panorama's on one of them. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, with that said, my track one, because it's my favorite album of all time, it's their debut album. You have to start with the track that kicked it all off for the cars. This is the song that every time my dad put the album on the vinyl LP, it's the song that introduced the band to the world. Good times roll. Yeah. It's Rick Ocasek's sarcastic commentary on the state of rock and roll music. It's one of those songs that instantly grabs your attention. It's this new sound and this new style. It kind of ushered new wave into the world. And to not start a playlist off with the first song from the first album in this instance, I think is a travesty in and of itself. So sorry, guys. <laughs> well, that, that did make my top 10. That did make my top 10, too, actually. Oh, so wait, wait. Before we even got we have an instant trifecta here. So let's see where it lands now. Jay, why don't you go first, sir? Please. I learned from the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> With me, number eight. I don't know. Like, I, I took a look at this and said, okay, if you're going to make a, a greatest hits playlist, when I look at these things, I break them into thirds. And I thought that would be a good way to kind of, you know, you're coming around the, that last turn there. And that would be a good song to, to lead into it. I just love the groove on it. And, um, you know, I think it's a good way to, to start that that last leg of the album. For me, it would be uh, track number six, 
So, you know, as soon as you, uh, you know, get into that second half of the, uh, of the concert or you're flipping your, let's date ourselves here, a cassette tape, LPs, whatever, it would be my first song on side B. It's a good, strong opener for the second half, I think. Great song, though. I love it. It's one of my favorites in the, uh, on that album. All right. So moving right along, Jay, track two. All right, track two. So my next two tracks here are all both off the same album. So like I said, I, I, I split it across a couple different albums. But uh, this was uh, you know, my opening comments here about MTV. I fell in love with the song for two reasons. One, it just had a, you know, a great, I love the guitar part to it. But the video was great. Uh, you know, he's walking on water. And, uh, you know, this is magic. I thought the video was hilarious. Like, that's when I was... I wasn't allowed to be watching MTV at that point. <laughs> I, I literally sneak downstairs in the middle of the night and put it on and hope I'd see this video. That's a good one, Jay. I actually have that on my top 10 too. All right. It was actually number seven for me. Now, you know, Brian knows, Jay, I'm going to clue you into this. I love my movies. And it caught my attention about a week ago when I was watching the music video. And I kind of recognized the house and the pool. Now, if you remember in the 80s, there was Bruce Willis movies. And no, we're not talking about Die Hard, okay? (laughs) Um, I don't think he would play a a romantic John McClane. But he played in 1987 was the movie called Blind Date. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yes, with Kim Basinger. Yeah. At the end of the movie, when she's getting married to John Larroquette, you see the house in the background, and what it is is the background from the song Magic. Really? Yes. So it's an actual house somewhere in California. I you know, I don't know where, but kind of cool. Just my little nitbit. But great tune, great song. Can't go wrong with that. And we've got two tracks and two trifectas because track two for me is Magic. And, I mean, come on, Heartbeat City – it was such a fantastic album. It is the band's poppiest effort, but it works. It works really well. And it was, I guess you could say, the album that had the most spit shine on it for a Cars album. Yeah. But th- I felt like this is one of the best songs on that album. The video, obviously, Say No More, how iconic it is. And that was at a time when we didn't have CGI. So the fact that those things happened in the video for then was a definite nod to how far they were taking music videos at the time and how important they were. And you think about the fact that no CGI was used in that. It's kind of impressive. Bunch of plexiglass probably was though. You got to make sure it was plexiglass or they had some kind of railing system on that. And a fun fact about the song, actually collective soul, who's another band from the nineties that I'm a big fan of the song. Hollywood is actually a nod to magic. Oh, okay. Is it really? Yeah. So when you go back and listen to the song Hollywood by Collective Soul, think of magic in the back of your head. And the band basically said they wrote that song as, a, as an homage or a nod to the cars because they're such big fans. That's actually really cool. And the funniest thing here that I'm noticing looking at the spreadsheet already as, as we're building it out, Gomez, my track one and two for side A uh-huh. is technically your track one and two for side B because you're six and seven. So you and I are kind of lined up right there right now. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen. No, we did not look at each other's list. This is something no, we, we never do. We we reveal them right here in front of everybody, so the element of surprise is still there. Which we have a lot of element surprise. There was no "I'll show you mine if you show me yours" is what you're saying. <laughs> None of that. None, None of, of that. that. Not on this <laughs> show, buddy. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, Gomez, yes. we're chipping away at your list pretty quickly here, but we still haven't gotten to your track two yet. No. So my track two, Moving in Stereo. Uh, Ooh. Yes. First of all, it's just a great song. Fun fact, though, the song was in another great movie in 1982, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Phoebe Gates. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. There's music in that movie? Yes, there is. Yeah, some, something went on in that scene while the music was playing. I didn't hear anything when that when that scene happened. <laughs> yes, for people who do not know the movie and not know the scene. Don't tell them. Just go rent it. Yeah, seriously. Dude, don't, don't spoil the don't, scene. Don't spoil this. Don't spoil this. Who rents movies now? Everybody streams everything. Then have them stream it. And, and do whatever they got to do. Okay, stream the movie, <laughs> and then you tell us what it was. the scene is. I would love to know if you actually watched it. <laughs> We'll go from there. But great song. One of those songs that just kind of blew me uh, away in the 80s. Yeah, that's my number five. Wow. Wow. That that was the end of Side A. All right. It's funny. Um, You know, they were, uh, you know, like one of the bands that come to the, the front of your mind when they talk about New Wave. And um, you guys both know my son. He's, he's going on 14 now. And he's turned into like a little rocker. But he, he's he listens to all different types of music, primarily rock, like a lot of 90s rock. But he's starting to delve into the 80s now, too. And this is one of the bands that I'm you know, kind of pushing on them. But, you know, when we talk about how there's different genres of music out there, you take rock and you can split it into 50 different categories. And, uh, you know, New Wave is one of them. I think this is like a textbook, the type of sounds, uh, the type of song structure that goes into it. it it's a good representation. Song's amazing. I'm going to spoil the party because we actually are not going three for three with trifectas right now. Wow. Did not make my list, but I had to make sacrifices from the self-titled album. And this is one of them because moving in stereo is actually part of a three song trifecta to close the opening album. And to me, it always felt like one song, which was bye bye love moving in stereo and all mixed up. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to that album on side two, those three songs are woven together. So to me, it's always felt like a single thought so much so that when I ripped the CD to my computer, I actually merged all three tracks together and just saved it as one track. Because when I hear bye bye love, it needs to end with Greg Hawk's saxophone on all mixed up. That's just the way it has to be. And if I was going to cheat, I was actually going to try to cram all three songs as one pick, but I decided to play it fair. And this one didn't make the list, but musically absolutely fantastic. I love the fact that the song actually plays with the elements of stereo and tremolo, like he's singing about. And if you listen to that song with headphones, it's a real trip because the panning of his vocals going back and forth and the, the effects and everything that's on his voice, it really sells that story. It's a fantastically recorded song sonically. And it, it's, it's really an adventure when you listen to it, hearing all the different elements that are going on. It's just an unbelievable tune. God, you're, you're like a poet, Brian, when it comes to the cars. <laughs> <laughs> this, like I said, the self-titled album is my favorite album of all time. I've listened to it. Since I remember speaking words, I remember hearing this album. This is something my dad played nonstop. I used to make mixtapes all the time for my vinyl LPs or my parents' vinyl LPs. <laughs> and songs from the self-titled album would be all over the 90-minute tape. So, yeah, I, I, got a, I got nothing bad to say. You will not hear me make one single critique about a song from the self-titled album. So we are on to track three, Jay. All right. So I'm sticking with Heartbeat City here. And I'm going with you might think. All right. That's so first off, a little nod to you there, because I know you got some uh, some skin in the game on that one. Definitely. No, look, it's just uh, it's a it, two reasons. Right. One, I liked it growing up. 
I also kind of sticks in my mind because it was part of the soundtrack. I think it was Weezer that covered it. It was on the soundtrack to it was Cars or Cars 2? I think it was Cars 2. Yeah, I think so. We got to, because that was like one of my kids' favorite movies, Cars, growing up. And then, you know, we, we took him out to see Cars 2. He was old enough by that point to go into the theaters. You know, it ties back to that. But the, the song is featured in that movie. So that kind of, you know, strengthens a little bit. I thought Weezer did a pretty bang up job covering it too. You know, and they had that connection with Rick Akasic there. I got the pronunciation right that time. Yeah, there you go. First time in my life. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a, a good song. It's catchy. You know, you, you always find yourself, your head nodding to it. It becomes on the radio. It's a very good song. It's actually my number 10. That's how I would end the concert. Oh, nice. Okay. First of all, love the song. Anybody who remembers the music video, this is why this song drew me to this. And I said, this is how I'm going to end it with this track. And the video was great. Well, where he's the fly. He's the, on the fly. wall. He had the yeah. fly on the wall. Then he's Godzilla. It's just one of those catchy tunes. I have sang this song at the top of my lungs many times. Like Jay mentioned earlier, uh, I covered this song on my 2009 album. Time marches on. It's one of my favorite songs by the cars. And it didn't make my top 10 because I had to create a playlist that I felt best represented all eras of the band and some sacrifices had to be made. And this was one of them, but obviously I covered the song on one of my albums. So I love it. And that just goes to show how long I was sitting here stressing and tweaking this set list, because this is a band that I have listened to since I was a toddler. And there are so many songs that I love so much choosing which ones to best represent the cars. In my opinion, Mm-hmm. some cuts had to be made. And unfortunately this was one of them, but I absolutely love the song and I love the fact that you closed with it. It's definitely an interesting one. And it was a huge hit for the band. Obviously it was. I mean, when I was thinking of uh, the songs, I appreciate what the cars have done for my life. Musical wise to hear their music and how they really stuck to their roots, to their songs. Yeah, definitely. So Gomez, while you're going, we're up to your track three. Oh, my track three. Okay. Mine came out of the 81 album, Shake It Up. I'm not the one. Wow, you're really diving deep on this. That's a good song, yeah. Great song. Let's start with that. It is an unbelievable song. And uh, now where I bring in the movie side of it. Do you only pick songs that were in movies? No, no. I just, okay, I just do, make it sure. No, I do a lot of research to make sure they're in the movies so I can bring this in. <laughs> and you're cutting songs. You're like, wait a minute. This, this wasn't in a movie. I can't accept this no, song. No, no. I mean, what? it was in uh, 95, and it was in an Adam Sandler movie. Billy Madison. What? Was it? Yes. Yes, it was. During the Valentine's Day when they're giving out car, the cards out and you hear the song in the background. Huh. <laughs> so when I was listening to this song, I'm like, I know this song from a movie somewhere. And I had to search it. And lo and behold, it was in Billy Madison in 1995 with Adam Sandler. Wow. We all learned something today because I did not know that. And you would think I would have caught the car song in the in the movie. And you didn't. So now you know the scene. Look out for it. Boom. I dropped the mic. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I, I While I definitely tipped my hat to the deep cut, it didn't make my list because I have deep cuts of my own. Jay, did it make yours? No, it didn't. But, uh, you know, I, I'd give that an honorable mention, though. Definitely. Definitely. So we'll move on to my track three at this point, then, which is another deep cut. It's my pick from a song off Panorama, and it was a non-charting single, but they did feature it on their 1995 compilation, Just What I Needed, A Cars Anthology. It's one of the band's heaviest songs. It's one of the band's most aggressive songs, 
Rick Ocasek does not sing this one. This is actually Benjamin Orr. And it's not the soft, sweet Benjamin Orr that you hear in the song Drive. It's a little bit more of an angry, aggressive Benjamin Orr, uh, probably more so than he normally is across any of their albums. And it's definitely a song that sticks out in the Cars catalog. And it's been my favorite song on Panorama since the first time I heard it as a kid. Track called Don't Tell Me No. Mm. I think it kind of scared people off because it's such a hard rocker that people aren't expecting that from the cars. They're expecting the new wave, the upbeat, the dancey, the, the shake it up, you know, the cars, the happier side. And this was different than that. This was something that across all their albums, they never really delved into this kind of a territory before. And the song rocks. And I've tried messing around with covers of this song for years, trying to figure a way to work it in. It's just a fantastic tune that does not get enough credit in the Cars catalog. And I wanted it to get some credit because obviously it wouldn't have made a double anthology if if it wasn't a good song. But it's one of those songs where when I see the single disc Cars Greatest Hits, I actually get annoyed that it's not on there. It really is a different side of the band and it works so, so well. You thought I threw it for a left field loop. Man, you threw me for one. So I take it it didn't make your list. No, it did not make my list. Uh, I would probably give it a good honorable mentions on my, for my list. You're right. It was probably one of their heavier songs. But it was kind of funny. I didn't realize who sang the song until now because uh, I knew it wasn't uh, Rick who was singing that song. The thing with the Cars is they have always had two singers. Right. Benjamin Orr and Rick Ocasek have always split the songs. Uh-huh. The thing is, the way they sing, it's very similar. So it wasn't until I was well into high school that I realized that there were two different singers. I actually thought it was just one singer singing differently on the songs because they have a very similar sound. And Uh that's not a bad thing because both of it works so well in the music. And when I found out that there was two singers, I really dove back and started going through the liner notes of my then CDs and kind of figuring out who sang what and 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 it really made me appreciate that so much more. And my list, just to kind of put an exclamation point at the end of the sentence, I had four songs from Rick, four songs from Benjamin, two that they sang together. I was trying to keep the seesaw as level as possible. Both kids weighed the same amount, and I didn't want to sway in either direction and kind of show favoritism to either singer because I felt they they both deserved their just due. It's not the fun of being on a seesaw, though. <laughs> You know, sometimes it's better having one big guy and two small guys, you know, see if they could balance out you and Jay on one side and me on the other. (laughs) I I don't want to picture that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So before before we go any further on that, Jay, why don't you tell us your track four? Nice save. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So most of my picks were from their their self-titled album. And that just goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning of, you know, how great of an album it was. But uh, Best Friends Girl is um, what, what I think would be, uh, you know, coming to the the last uh, two tracks of side A over here. Um, I'm a little partial to this because, you know, Bri, you and I have been playing the song for some time now, whenever we play out. Oh, yeah. You know, and it always goes over well when we're playing out there. So, uh, you know, I just think it's uh, definitely due uh, you know, to be in one of those top tracks there. It definitely is, but did not make my list for no other reason, but me trying to balance the set. Obviously we play this song all the time. It's so hypnotic, that opening, the rhythm of it with the claps, it just is so much fun. And it almost has this feeling of a 1950s tune 
but it's so modern with the new wave twist that's put in. So these, these guys really knew how to weave these different song structures. And I think a lot of credit goes to Elliot Easton's guitar work on this song because he's doing such wonderful runs with the guitar. Yeah. And it's playing off of this beat that David Robinson's laying down that almost feels fifties, but the guitar work he's doing is almost, it has this rockabilly feel to it Yeah, over this song. That sounds like it's from the fifties. And the two of them just mesh so well together because then you hear the keyboards, which give it that new wave feel. So it's all these different genres kind of coming together. And it's an absolute classic. Unfortunately, just missed my list. Like, obviously, anything from self-titled, if it's not on this list, is like my honorable mention by default. Because after track 10, I would fill in any songs from self-titled and then think of anything else. That's how much I love that first album. Mm. So Gomez, was this one on your list? No, it was not. Okay, so then we're right back to you with track four. My track four came out of the uh, Candio album in 1979, the year I was born. Yay. <laughs> the song I chose was uh, Let's Go. Being that this was like the 1979 going into the 80s theme, I felt like this song just represented what the 80s was going to look like with music-wise with these guys, the way they were going to play. And just listening to the song and thinking about it, you know, I feel like it, it was just talking about friends going out for a night with friends and having a great time, which it's like what I used to do with you guys when we were younger. I like the nightlife, baby. Exactly. Yeah. We hang out, have great times. And, you know, it was just one of those songs that brought some memories, actually thinking about it a little bit during the, during the tunes. I'm like, wow, we used to just go out and have fun and, you know, do a lot of the crazy stuff. But, Safe, though. We were all safe. Of course, of course. In case of our kids are listening. <laughs> so my follow-up to that is, which movie is it in? Oh, I wasn't even going to say it, but it's, it was in the 2018 Bumblebee movie. <laughs> so we got another... Was Misfit Kid in a movie? No, it was not. Okay, so, so far, your playlist has gotten filled in with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs. And I think <laughs> out of the seven, one of them has not been in a movie. Actually, I think there was two that weren't in a movie. Which ones? Uh, Misfit Kid. Well, I, wait, I'm not done with my list yet, though. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, let's not spoil it. Okay. Oh, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, there's a couple that did not make a movie soundtrack. I'm sorry. I love movies. No. Hey, I, I love the way you do it. That's a great approach because you're trying to bring in all those movie buffs to vote for your playlist. So, I like the approach. Hey, listen. If the Cars made Super Mario Brothers, the video game, I would mention it, too. But the Cars didn't make any video games. Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah, but the Cars, if we're, if we're going to talk about Let's Go, the Cars made the Chipmunk Punk album. This song was covered by the Chipmunks on Chipmunk Punk. I did not know that. I had that record, and that was one where when my parents got it for me, I was like, I already know this song. This is amazing. I can hear the chipmunk singing one of my favorite car songs. And I absolutely loved it as a kid. Okay, so if I had 10 tracks and then I filled in the rest with self-titled, right after that would be this song. Okay. So it did not make my list. But another song from Candio did is my track four. Okay, which one? Well, to me, this song is the car's power pop at its absolute fun. Actually, before I say that, Jay, did it make your list? Because I don't want to miss that opportunity if it did. Let's go. No, that was one of the uh, there's three songs that I kind of had to cut off at the end there. That was one of them. That was that was a tough one, though. The cars do a lot of new wave. They do a lot of pop. 
And there's some songs that bring them all together into this power pop slash new wave. And it's one of the two songs on my list that both Rick Ocasek and Benjamin Orr sing on. And it's a power pop ballad, but it's upbeat. And it's a song called Since I Held You. It's one of the most fantastic car songs. It's got a beautiful story. It's longing for somebody that you love. This song is Rick and Ben singing together and really building on those vocal harmonies in this song. And then you add in a fantastic Elliot Easton guitar solo. He ups the ante with that guitar solo and really drives home this beautiful song with a little bit of heft at the end. And it's a very, very underrated song that they never released as a single. And it's a friggin' shame because I think it would have been a massive, massive hit, even more so than the singles they did release off it. So it actually shocks me that this one was not a single. So it's a little bit of a deep dive, but I think it's one that in the the way my list kind of goes through, I think it's a perfect fit. And I had to make the sacrifice of let's go for this one. Okay. Hey, everyone's got different tastes there, buddy. Did it land on your uh, three remaining spots? Mine? No, definitely not. Jay, did it make your list? That song? No, you're on that seesaw by yourself. (laughs) Okay, that's good because as a huge Cars fan, I am really angling hard for a playlist that pleases both the casual fan and the hardcore Cars fans. So it was also kind of strategic for me to put this song in there. I can see that. You're trying to win this one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Jay, you had your track five as moving in stereo, so we are back to Gomez now. Right. So my track five is actually Shake It Up. Justin Overall, great song. It to me it was like their first like uh in eighty one, almost like their big dance hit. You know what I mean? It was just one of those songs you you listen to it and you play it loud and you're having fun with everybody. Uh, you know, we dance all night and get loose. You know, I can't go wrong with it as being my number five. That's a great way to close out side one. To me, that's the antithesis to Don't Tell Me No, where Don't Tell Me No is angry and negative. Shake It Up is just happy and poppy, and it really ushered in the era of Heartbeat City. You heard where they were heading on Heartbeat City in Shake It Up. And I think the success of the single Shake It Up was a big driver in Heartbeat City being the way it was. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. didn't make my list. I had... Another song from Shake It Up, Make My List. But before we get to that, Jay, I want to see if it made yours. Yeah, I made my number six. That's what made me an air guitar pro. <laughs> Gomez summed it up pretty well. There's a great groove to it. It's happy. Your head's bopping along to it. Like It's just a good song. I think it's a good way to get a fresh start. You finish that cassette, you flip it over, and you want something that kind of picks you up right off from where you left off. Awesome, awesome. Well, unfortunately, like I said, I picked another song off of Shake It Up, and it's my personal favorite song on the album. It's one of the most lyrically strong songs from Rick Ocasek, so much so that the song has actually gotten comparisons to Bob Dylan with the lyrics. And that's a pretty high-level comparison to make when you're talking lyrically, because Dylan's kind of a poet. And Rick Ocasek was much more known for kind of smarky, tongue-in-cheek sarcastic commentary type stuff, but this was just a straight up heartstring tug and it opened the album, which actually I thought was shocking to open up with a power ballad. And it's since you're gone. Yeah, it's a good track. That is a very good song. Very good song. That was another one of my honorable mentions that almost made the cut. That 
didn't make my cut. Sorry. Oh. Uh, but it's a great song, though. But like you said, it was hard to make a choice, Brian. And actually, it was one of those two songs that I was talking to Jay right before you jumped on. And I'm like, well, I can't use that. And then I used another, but I didn't use that either. I actually kind of goofed up on my list here a little bit. I want that. So keep picking bad songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the cars. So there are no bad songs. Let me just say these guys don't have a lot of bad songs. But like I said, I have no, nothing against Shake It Up. I love the tune. But I, I kind of wanted to close the side on on kind of a heart tug because this is the point of the album where we're going to flip it. And the part of the tape where we're going to turn over the side and with a CD or a playlist, you just kind of keep playing. And I'm just going to keep talking because, Jay, your track six was Shake It Up and Gomez, your track six was Good Times Roll. So there was no way I was starting side A and side B of my set list without the songs from the side A and side B of self-titled. And I kicked off my side two with You're All I've Got Tonight, mm. a song that was never released as a single, which was a huge mistake, so much so that it's become a classic rock staple without even being a single. And David Robinson's flanging drums in the beginning that just hit you like a, a heart attack. Like, it just captures your attention. It's the most aggressive, heavy song on Self-Titled. And the song just rocks and it rocks so much that Smashing Pumpkins covered it as a B-side to the Bullet with Butterfly Wings single. And after doing that, Rick Ocasek liked what he heard so much. They got together and worked on Rick's 1997 solo album, Troubleizing, together. And Billy Corgan produced that album. Wow. So this dates all the way back to the car self-titled and it kind of plays out through the 90s. So even in the 90s, the song got a kind of a resurgence a little bit via the Smashing Pumpkins. And that forged a relationship to give us a really fantastic uh, solo album from Rick. So love the song. And yeah, it starts side B on the self-titled. So it's starting side B on my playlist as well. I got a little bomb shocker for you. It was the only single version of the song that was released as a B-side to all mixed up in the Netherlands. Okay, so but it was a B-side. Yeah. It wasn't officially on, released. Everybody, everybody as, knows that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, the beauty of the popularity of You're All I Got Tonight mm-hmm. came from the fact that a lot of the rock stations back in the day used to do album sides. Mm-hmm. And the cars always kind of got lumped into those album sides. And I think that's part of the way that the song caught on on rock radio. But it's such an awesome song. Obviously, it's on the self-titled. So and I think if you're drinking, listening to the show, every time I say self-titled, if you did a shot, you'd be dead at this point. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Did your all I got tonight make either of your lists? No, it did not. It made my number nine. All right. Okay, good. I was going to say, Jay, as a drummer, Oh yeah. there was no way I thought this, this beat was going to get past you as a drummer. No, that was given. That was getting in there. All right. All right. So with that, Jay, we're up to your track seven. Sure. So going back to the, the self-titled one, which is like I hit that well a number of times, and I'm not done yet, obviously, because we just talked about your all got tonight. Bye-bye, love. All right. Yeah, that was that's, one I think, one of their catchiest songs. That's one. It's funny. I, I of all their songs, it's probably the one I hear on the radio the least, but it definitely makes my day. You know, when I when it kind of comes across and I happen to catch it, 
I think one of the more underrated songs that's out there. It's a great song. Um, I think it could have been a release song. It did not make my top 10, but again, it's the Cars. You can't go wrong with most of their songs either. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it is the band's earliest song. Elliot Easton and Rick Ocasek were in a band called Captain Swing prior to being in the Cars. And Bye Bye Love was a song for that band okay. that kind of followed them into the Cars. Oh, I didn't know that. Neither did I. Yeah. And it is... I'm thankful for Captain Swing because we wouldn't have the cars. They were also in, I think, a group called Milkwood together, which if you look that album up, if you ever find it in a record store, please buy it and let me know and send it to me because I've been trying to find it forever. Um, It is a folk band that Rick was part of prior to the cars. And I just want to hear it to kind of get a feel for where he came prior to kind of bringing new wave to the masses because it is a 180 from what you know of his music really definitely definitely jay i'm a 100 percent agree with you because it's my track seven as well wow so jay i really like what you had to say about the song the only thing i'm going to add is it's got my favorite lyrics throughout the entire history of the cars and those are substitution mass confusion clouds inside your head absolutely love the lyrics in this song fantastic fantastic stuff so moving on, Gomez, your track seven is already completed with magic. Yeah, so it is. Track eight, Jay, you did good times roll. So Gomez, we're back to you. So I track eight for me uh, went off the um, Heartbeat City album, I believe it was from, and it was Drive. I knew somebody was going to pick that tonight. I couldn't resist that song. Uh, it's one of those songs when you hear it. Definitely. I mean, I might call it a power ballad. It's just a great song. Granted, it's not like their typical 80s song, you know what I mean? But it was just one of those songs that you hear it, you can listen to it, and you can sing to it. And it was one of those songs that I truly love. And it's just one of those, you know, lovey-dovey songs, you know what I mean, when you're chasing for the girl, too. Uh, You know, who's going to drive her home? It wasn't me, but, you know, (laughs) somebody else did. Man, oh man. Well, look, it's a fantastic song. It did not make my list again due to sacrifices. It's a fantastic it's it's the band's probably one of their best ballads. I always like to kind of throw in cover songs when they're done. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was done well, but 6 a.m. tried, and I don't think they quite hit the nail on the head with that one. But there was a remix put out in the last few years of a symphonic version of the song really? with a symphony and Benjamin Orr's vocals. And it's beautiful. And I highly, su- I highly suggest you look that up because I, got, I might have to. hearing the symphony kind of play the whole melody. It really just smooths out any of the edges of the original. Not that it was a rough song, but as beautiful as the original is, this one just took it to a, a, another level, and it's really wild, and I would highly suggest checking that one out. Hey, Brian, you know one thing I didn't say? It was in a movie, too. Oh, here we go. Movie reference. In 2007, the original Transformers with Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox. Oh. When uh, she's walking away from her, I guess you could say boyfriend, and uh, Shia LaBeouf's character, uh, Sam Witwicky, is like, you know, I can go after her, and... Uh, Bumblebee plays that song Drive by the Cars, and it's kind of like, all right, you go for it now, buddy. <laughs> you and the movie references, this is great. We got to pick a band. I'm going to like try to find a band that has never had a song in any movie ever and see what happens. <laughs> um, actually, I've been in like five of them. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, you know, I'm not going to say anything yet, but there is a 
couple of bands we've touched on actually that don't have movie references. Okay. But, you know, I can only find maybe one or two. And that's on another totally different episode than this one. We're, we're working on the cars. Oh, tease, tease ahead. Okay, great. I like that. But the thing about the cars is uh, so many of these songs that you're picking Gomez are in movies, but there's a reason for that. They're damn good songs. They are. And Brian, like you and Jay, I know are true fans. And for me, as not uh, growing up in the 80s and listening to the cars later, I really heard the ones that were the most popular. And I know that's not the way to do the playlist, but I just went with I knew what would work for me. Oh, yeah, dude. It's all subjective, man. Well, for my track eight, I had to kind of dive deep because there were certain songs I felt that needed to be represented in my track list. Okay. And along with Don't Tell Me No, this song is another one of the car's heaviest songs. And it's the other song that both Rick and Ben are singing on together. And it's definitely the heaviest song on Heartbeat City. It's not the night. Ooh. A song about revenge. Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sweet, sweet revenge. It is just a visceral tune. I use that word a lot, but it really is. It's an angry cars tune and it's fantastic. And the, the way the cars were able to merge keyboards into songs that may not work is done so well here. And it's definitely the least polished songs on this album. It doesn't feel new wave. This is a straight up rock song and kudos to Elliot Easton for bringing the heft to the guitar in this. Cause it's one of those songs that really stands out from the happier songs like magic. And you might think and heartbeat city and hello again, this song is just is a gut punch and it's a good one. And I know it's a deep dive, but it's one that I feel like if you want to have a well-balanced seesaw for your car's track list, this one needs to be on it. It's not the night. Hmm. Okay. It's an interesting song. It did not make my top 10, but it's a good song, I believe. You described it as best as you can, Brian. You can't go wrong with that at all. Jay, you only have one spot left. I assume you're not closing your set list with this song. Nah, it's a safe bet. (laughs) I got to go look that song up. I don't remember it. Really? I do not remember it. No, I can't go look it up. I, I'm drawing a blank right now. When you listen to it, I think you're going to call me up and be like, can we go back and re-record? I want to take one of my songs off. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm staying uh, staying honest on what I got here. All right. Stay in the course. Well, your track nine is already taken with You're All I Got Tonight, which is a fantastic tune. Yep. And Gomez, we're we're actually up to your last song. So now, now I want to hear what it is. And more importantly, not what song it is, but what movie it's in. <laughs> Well, actually, it's not in the movie. Really? Yes, okay. It's not in the movie. I could not find it. So uh, I was kind of surprised how many songs were in the cars were in movies, actually, surprisingly. My track nine came out of Heartbeat City, and it's Hello Again. Fun song. Yeah. Fun song. I think this song represent the cars the best in the, in the 80s. Love of the experimental sounds. They went to a different wave with this song, I thought. That song made a statement in 84, I thought. One of my favorite albums, actually, is Heartbeat City. Uh, as you notice, I took a couple of songs out of that. Yeah, yeah. And it was just one of those, you know, even with Drive and all that, they made a statement right there in 84, and they started it strong with Hello Again. Yeah, and one of the VHS tapes that I had as a kid growing up was the Cars Heartbeat City VHS tape. And Hello Again was one of the videos on that. 
And a lot of people don't know this, but the video was directed by Andy Warhol, who's also in the video as the bartender. Yes. The video was so memorable and so 80s and so weird and so Andy Warhol that it fit perfectly with the cars because the cars are these weird kind of eclectic guys. They're not your cool rock stars. And it's kind of a thing because when I posted a teaser to this on social media, I posted a GIF of the band and it's just kind of their outlines. And someone immediately pointed out, that's the cars. You could tell Rick by his profile because he was just this tall, lanky kind of guy. He's not this rock star that's posing. He just kind of did his thing. And they were a strange group. And I think Andy Warhol captured it so perfectly in that video. And that was kind of funny. I was just about to bring that up that um, MTV, I guess, did not play the Andy Warhol's version because they had to play the clean version. But mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was just reading a fun fact in that, that Gina Gershon was in that music video. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that was her. This was before she was famous. Yes, before she did the movie Bound. Yes. Oh, fine. Yes. Flick. Yeah. <laughs> awesome flick. Two thumbs up. Not. All right. Well, my track nine, I like to, in in the sake of the cars, because I'm kind of trying to put a statement with my playlist. Like I said, I spent more time on this playlist there's probably only two artists I'll spend this much time on the cars and Tom Petty. And I spent so much time trying to craft this playlist that I wanted to close it strong. And the cars have some great closing songs, heartbeat city being one of them, but that did not make the list. And I wanted to close with a couple of songs that really summed up cars albums. Well, the first one being the close to Candio dangerous type. Mm. This is a fan favorite song that was never released by a single, but the band always played it in their set lists. It was a mistake not releasing it as a single, to be honest. And I get to do a movie reference this time. Wow. So hello. Whoa, hold on. Be still my heart. This song was covered by Letters to Cleo as one of the singles from the movie The Craft. Wow. And their version's fantastic as well. I can talk to Angela about that. She's a big Letters to Cleo fan. I wonder if she knows that. Dude, it is so good. Such a great cover. I had no idea they did it. Done with the female approach to it. And it's a fantastic song. And it's used in one of the montages in the craft. Because this is right when they were getting all their powers. It was so well used in the movie. And it was I was so excited seeing that movie in the theater. Because when I heard the song... I immediately turned to my then girlfriend and said, we're going to the music store after this. And I went and bought the soundtrack immediately because <laughs> I needed that CD in my life. <laughs> and that's how, cause it was a car song. And I was like, Oh my God, it's a cover of the cars. I need this. You know, like I couldn't believe it as a kid. And uh, yeah, I, I, I had to wind up my playlist, at least start to wind it up with dangerous type. That's a great song. I did not think about the craft at all. Wow, you just blew my mind, Brian. Well, thank you. That's uh, you know, I'm glad to be of a service. Yeah, that was a disservice on my part. I should have caught that one. <laughs> well, we're up to track ten now. We're finally at the closer, and uh, Jay. Now I'm kind of curious because yours. I, I see the wheelhouse you're in here, and I'm curious to see how you're uh, summing yours up. All right, so I did not go to the. Uh, I, I left the well that I was talking about before, which is their self-titled album. And again, you know, I'm kind of a soft spot for the, you know, when they were really a hit on uh, MTV, that whole era that they had there. But uh, if I had to wrap up an album, 
you know, greatest album for them to put together, I'd wrap it up with Tonight She Comes. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's a just a great, I don't know, it, it, it you know, define new waves. I love the, the keyboard part in it. Uh, that, that's kind of what sticks out more than anything else to me. But uh, I always thought that was, uh, you know, I, I know I've used the term underrated at least one other time earlier on tonight, but I think that's another one that you just, you don't hear in the, uh, on the radio very often if you go to like any of those deep cut stations. I, I also kind of look at it like, you know, think about it like this when you had cassettes, you know, that that last track that was the easiest one to, to rewind <laughs> and go get back to. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm doing this out of my own convenience, too. That's an interesting one. I'm actually very shocked at that closer because it was a single, but it's not on any of their studio albums. It was a single released for their greatest hits. And that was originally penned as a single that Rick was going to put on one of his solo albums. And then when they decided they were doing the greatest hits album, he worked it into the cars to put on, to close the greatest hits. So for me, I didn't become familiar with tonight. She comes until many years later when I finally found the car's greatest hit CD at a flea market, because I had already owned all the studio albums. And it was one of those songs where I was like, well, I've got all their albums. I didn't want to spend at the time, like, $19 $19 at Sam Goody or Record Town for a greatest hits album for one song. So I, it kind of took me a long time to find it. I love the tune, but because it didn't sit in my life for so long up until when I got the CD, you know, it didn't make my list, but it's a fantastic tune. I thought that was on Heartbeat City. No, nope. it was on the greatest hits album. No, it's well, it is on Heartbeat City now. Oh, uh, okay. Because Heartbeat City was just re released or not just, but a few years ago was re-released in the full deluxe edition. And that Mm -hmm. includes tonight. She comes on it, but the song was originally Uh, on a cars album on their first greatest hits album in the eighties in 85. They had a greatest album in 85, 85. Yeah. Before the door to door album, which was not represented tonight. And I'm actually kind of glad because the door to door album, the band hated each other. Benjamin and Rick were head to head the songs were basically a bunch of Benjamin and Rick solo songs that they kind of just threw in. And I'm also kind of glad moves like this is a cars album, but damn, you miss Ben on it. It's got some good songs, but it's to me, it's not truly a cars album because of the loss of Ben. Right. So the only song from door to door that may have snuck in on my playlist somewhere is you are the girl because Colburn and company does weave that into set list. It's a fun, upbeat, happy song, but knowing where the band was at that point, I feel like it didn't fit the vibe and the theme I was going for on my playlist. So that would be kind of in my honorable mention area though. Now, Gomez, you closed your playlist with You Might Think. Mm -hmm. So here comes my big shock of a closer. Is it a Christmas song? It's not a Christmas song this time. (laughs) But you saw I started my playlist with the first track of The Cars. Yes. I started side B with the first track from The Cars. Uh And I'm closing my playlist with the closing track from The Cars all mixed up. Uh This was the B-side to Good Times Roll, but it's also part of that three-song trifecta, Bye Bye Love, Moving in Stereo, and All Mixed Up. And I'm kind of mad that I didn't include Moving in Stereo on my list now because I probably should have closed with those three songs, but I I, I needed to fit It's Not the Night in there. So I had to break up the trifecta of songs in my list, but All Mixed Up is such a 
strange song to close an album with, but it's so perfect. It's so the cars. It's such a weird soaring tune that just kind of keeps building and building and building. And then Greg Hawks steps out and throws a saxophone solo at the end. And it's so odd because it's not something you think about when you think new wave was a saxophone that feels kind of like an eighties power ballad, but it's done in this kind of a minor key and it just works so well. And it's so memorable. And because it closes my favorite album, it had to close my playlist as well. Strong. Interesting. It has a tear to my eye. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a great pick, Brian. Um, You kind of took almost all the words out of my mouth. Being it was a very good song. Uh, Granted, it was a B-side, but I thought it kind of belonged on an A-side on that. Well, The Cars is one of those magical albums where pretty much any song on it could have and should have been a single. Mm Kind of like Boston self-titled, where it's just hit, 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 hit. Like, that's the album. And that's the way The Cars is to me. And can't go wrong with that at all. And can't go wrong. So we're at that point of the show now where we get to make our case for our playlist before we let the listeners go into our show notes and click the vote now link to choose which one they think's the best. So Jay, make your final plea for your playlist, man. Yeah, I finished third place of Metallica. I don't agree. So give me some points. So here's how Brian's wrong. All right. So I got, I got just when I needed and then magic. And then you might think best friends, girl moving in stereo, shake it up. Bye bye love, good times roll. You're all I've got tonight, and tonight she comes, which was uh, the the Cars version of Fade the Black. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and look, let me let me say we're joking right now about you know whose playlist is the best, but really, there's not one bad song that's been mentioned tonight. No, there wasn't. Every single song here is great, and all three of these playlists are great. And depending on what mood I'm in. I would love listening to all three of these playlists kind of in that mode to kind of see where your heads were at when creating them. Cause they're all fantastic. Oh, so now you realize I got feelings, right? That, that is <laughs> you, you always had feelings, Jay, that Brian just wants to win the most right now. Notice how he wants me to go next when he's usually the, no, 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 screw you. I'll go first. I'll go now. See, see now he wants to go. Well, yeah, I don't care. Dude, do you want to go? You go. I'll go. I don't care. I'll go just cause you love the cars. Oh, thank you. I'll let you go last this time, but I got this last words at the end of the show. Or so you think right now. (laughs) My track one was Misfit Kids. Track two was Moving in Stereo. Track three was I'm Not the One. Track four would be Let's Go. Track five, Shake It Up. Track six would be Good Times Roll. Track seven would be Magic. Track eight would be Drive. Track nine, hello again, and I finish it up with track 10, you might think. Awesome, awesome. And there's actually, before I do my list, I want to kind of give one sad tale here because the three of us were together when Rick Okasik passed. Yeah. We were at the Stone Temple Pilots Rival Sons concert. Oh, wow, that's right. I remember that. And I remember the news dropping and everybody in the crowd, now this is people that were there for a 90s and and a modern rock band. And it spread through the crowd like wildfire. And I remember a lot of people just going like, oh, my God. And the three of us were just kind of there with our jaws down. 
And I, there was really no place for me to weave that into this show. But as, as the three of us have been friends for so long, I, I kind of wanted to talk about it because it's very fitting for what we're talking about tonight because he, there we are having fun and celebrating and having a great time at this fun concert. And then we get the news about it. And I'm not going to lie. It kind of killed it for me. For I, I mean, Stone Temple Pilots were still amazing, even with Jeff got on vocals. But it kind of put a little bit of a darkener on the night. Yeah, I do. Well, the funny thing was is that uh, Scott Weiland has listed the cars as one of his uh, his uh, idols there too, you know, and him not no longer being with us that was kind of a, a thing too. But yeah, yeah, I remember that night. And yeah, that, it was a bummer. It's almost fitting that you know that unfortunately I hate to say the words that Rick passed away that night, but to be at the Stone Temple Pilots concert without Scott Weiland hearing that now kind of makes it all fitting for the three of us for talking about the cars and talking about this right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did want to celebrate both Rick and Ben because Ben, we lost way too early mm -hmm. and I would have loved to hear him on the uh, moves like this album. And I'm sure everybody would have. So, you know, and, and then obviously when Rick passed, it was just a, just a gut punch. And I don't think a lot of people realized all the amazing things Rick did, like producing fantastic albums from bad religion and Weezer and not a surf. And I, I, I can just name so many people that he's worked with and he was brilliant behind the board and a brilliant songwriter. And he knew how to bring the best out of bands. And he also did it in their music as well. And I think the chemistry of the cars was just something that really should never be overlooked how iconic and influential this band was. And I was so happy, so, so happy that they made it into the rock and roll hall of fame. I know a lot of people like to kind of shit on it because of, they feel like it's, it's rigged or whatever, but the cars deservingly got in and they're a band that was genre defining. They ushered new wave into the world. And I thank them for that because I think they ushered it in and no one has done it better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, my playlist, track one, going right with the self-titled, Good Times Roll. Track two, Magic. Track three, Don't Tell Me No. Track four, Since I Held You. Track five, Since You're Gone. Track six, You're All I've Got Tonight. Track seven, Bye Bye Love. Track eight, It's Not the Night. Track nine, Dangerous Type. And track ten, All Mixed Up. Three fantastic playlists, two trifectas tonight in Good Times Roll and Magic. I think this is actually going to be really tough. And uh, listeners, when you go on to the show notes, click the Vote Now link and vote for which one you think is best. But I think these are all fantastic. I believe they are. Uh, again, I, uh, I will get the last say on the show, so don't worry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but but remember i edit it so you might think you get the last say in the show but yeah it may or may not happen <laughs> jay dude it's been great having you on man can't wait to do it again thanks gentlemen i had a great time looking forward to the next one jay thank you and uh, i'll make sure we'll bring some korean tacos for you next time okay all right you're on i'm holding you to that <laughs> well guys uh can't thank enough for wait, you guys wait, wait, time, out, time out time out time out you can't just throw a word out like Korean tacos and then just end the okay. show. No one's going to know what you're talking about. Okay, so here's the story. Uh, when we went to the Stone Temple Pilots concert, we were at a bar having a good time, and Jay and I said we're getting a little hungry. So on the boardwalk, I guess they're containers, like ship containers, that are restaurants. Not restaurants, like a, like a food cart place. And all of a sudden, I had a craving for tacos. 
And we go down there, and it said tacos, but we didn't know what they were until we got down there. They were Korean tacos. So Jay and I get online, and we eat. It was one of the best tacos I've ever had. And that's been the ever-going joke now with tacos with us because every time we go down there, I, I might have to stop at that stand and grab a taco. Yeah, that's in Asbury Park right across the street from the Stone Pony. If you guys are going to a show at the Stone Pony when concerts are back up and running, hop across the street and grab yourself some Korean tacos and tell them that the boys at Playlist Wars sent you. And they won't know what you're talking about. Probably not. <laughs> They'll have no idea. <laughs> so now that you got that out now, Gomez, now you can close the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy I could close the show now. I can't thank you guys enough. I want to thank the listeners for tuning in with us again. Guys, again, thank you again for being on the show tonight. It was a great time. Listeners, we need you to vote for who you think has the best list. And guess what? We are going to be doing another episode very soon. And please, please, please vote for me. Vote for Gomez, not the other two. Thank you. No bueno. Gomez loses. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. You can find Playlist Wars on Facebook and Twitter at Playlist Wars. On Instagram at Playlist Wars Podcast. On email at playlistwars at gmail.com or via voicemail at 201-644-6498. That's 201-644-6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs> I warned you, Gomez. I edit the show. I choose who closes it. <laughs>